0: Chapter 22, verses 31 through 38. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 31 through 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Bede, lest the eleven should be boastful, and impute to their own strength, that they almost alone, among so many thousands of the Jews, were said to have continued with our Lord in his temptations. He shows them that, if they had not been protected by the aid of their master succoring them, they would not have been beaten down by the same storm as the rest. Hence it follows, and the Lord said unto Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired thee that he may sift thee as wheat. That is, he hath longed to tempt you, and to shake you, as he who cleanses wheat by winnowing wherein he teaches that no man's faith is tried unless God permits it. Theophylact. now this was said to Peter because he was bolder than the rest, and might feel proud because of the things which Christ had promised. Cyril, or to show that men, being as naught, as regards human nature, that the proneness of our minds to fall, it is not meet that they should wish to be above their brethren. Therefore, passing by all the others, he comes to Peter, who was the chief of them, saying, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. Chrysostom. Now he said not, I have granted, but I have prayed. For he speaks humbly as approaching unto his passion, that he may manifest his human nature. For he who had spoken not in supplication, but by authority, Upon this rock I will build my church, and I will give thee the keys. Of THE KINGDOM OF HEAVEN HOW SHOULD HE HAVE NEED OF PRAYER THAT HE MIGHT STAY ONE AGITATED SOUL HE DOES NOT SAY I HAVE PRAYED THAT THOU DENIETH NOT BUT THAT THOU DO NOT ABANDON THY FAITH Theophilact, FOR ALBEIT THOU ART FOR A TIME SHAKEN YET THOU HOLDEST STORED UP A SEED OF FAITH THOUGH THE SPIRIT HAS SHED ITS LEAVES IN TEMPTATION YET THE ROOT IS FIRM Satan then seeks to harm thee, because he is envious of my love for thee. But notwithstanding that I have prayed for thee, thou shalt fall. Hence it follows, And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. As if he says, After that thou hast wept and repented thy denial of me, strengthen thy brethren, for I have deputed thee to be the head of the apostles. For this befits thee who art with me, the strength and rock of the church. And this must be understood, not only of the apostles who then were, but of all the faithful who were about to be, even to the end of the world. That none of the believers might despair, seeing that Peter, though an apostle, denied his Lord, yet afterwards, by patience, obtained the high privilege of being the ruler of the world. Cyril, marvel then at the superabundance of the divine forbearance, lest he should cause a disciple to despair before the crime was committed he granted pardon and again restored him to his apostolic rank saying strengthen thy brethren bede as if to say as i by prayer protected your faith that it should not fail so do you remember to sustain the weaker brethren that they despair not of pardon ambrose beware then of boasting beware of the world he is commanded to strengthen his own brethren who said, Master, we have left all and followed thee. Bede, because the Lord said he had prayed for Peter's faith, Peter, conscious of present affection and fervent faith, but unconscious of his coming fall, does not believe he could in any way fall from Christ. As it follows, and he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee to prison and to death. Theophylact he burns forth indeed with too much love, and promises what is impossible to him, but it behooves him, as soon as he heard from the truth, that he was to be tempted to be no longer confident. Now the Lord, seeing that Peter spoke boastfully, reveals the nature of his temptation, namely that he would deny him. I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day, before that thou thrice deny, etc. Ambrose Now Peter, although earnest in spirit, yet still weak in bodily inclination, is declared about to deny his Lord, for he could not equal the constancy of divine will. Our Lord's passion has rivals, but no equal. Theophylact, From hence we draw a great doctrine, that human resolve is not sufficient without divine support. For Peter, with all his zeal, nevertheless, when forsaken of God, was overthrown by the enemy. Basil. We must know then that God sometimes allows the rash to receive a fall, as a remedy to previous self confidence. But although the rash man seems to have committed the same offense with other men, there is no slight difference. For the one has sinned by reason of certain secret assaults, and almost against his will. But the others, having no care either for themselves or God, knowing no distinction between sin and virtuous actions. For the rash, needing some assistance, in regard to this very thing in which he has sinned, ought to suffer reproof. But the others, having destroyed all the good of their soul, must be afflicted, warned, rebuked, or made subject to punishment, until they acknowledge that God is a just judge, and tremble. Augustine. Now what is here said concerning the foregoing denial of Peter is contained in all the evangelists, but they do not all happen to relate it upon the same occasion in the discourse. Matthew and Mark subjoined it after our Lord had departed from the house where he had eaten the Passover, but Luke and John before he went out from thence. But we may easily understand either that the two former used these words recapitulating them or the two others anticipating them. Only it rather moves us that not only the words, but even the sentences of our Lord, in which Peter, being troubled, used that boast of dying either for or with our Lord, are given so differently, as rather to compel us to believe that he thrice uttered his boast at different parts of our Lord's discourse, and that he was thrice answered by our Lord, that before the cock crowed, he should deny him thrice. Verses 35-38 through And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse, and script, and shoes, lacked ye anything, and they said, Nothing. Then said he unto them, And now he that hath a purse, let him take it, and likewise his script, that he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment, and buy one. For I say unto you, that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, for the things concerning me have an end. And they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. And he said unto them, It is enough. Cyril, our Lord had foretold to Peter that he should deny him, namely, at the time of his being taken. But having once made mention of his being taken captive, he next announces the struggle that would ensue against the Jews. Hence it is said, and he said unto them when i sent you without purse etc for the saviour had sent the holy apostles to preach in the cities and towns the kingdom of heaven bidding them to take no thought of the things of the body but to place their whole hope of salvation in him chrysostom now as one who teaches to swim at first indeed placing his hands under his pupils carefully supports them but afterward frequently withdrawing his hand, bids them help themselves, nay, even lets them sink a little. So likewise did Christ deal with his disciples. At the beginning truly he was present to them, giving them most richly abundance of all things. As it follows, and they said unto them nothing. But when it was necessary for them to show their own strength, he withdrew from them for a little his grace, bidding them do something of themselves as it follows, But now he that hath a purse, that is, wherein to carry money, let him take it, and likewise his scrip, that is, to carry provisions in. And truly, when they had neither shoes nor girdle, nor staff nor money, they never suffered the want of anything. But when he allowed them purse and scrip, they seemed to suffer hunger and thirst and nakedness, as if he said to them, Hitherto all things have been most richly supplied to you, but now I would have you also experience poverty. Therefore, I hold you no longer to the former rule, but I command you to get purse and scrip. Now, God might even to the end have kept them in plenty, but for many reasons he was unwilling to do so. First, that they might impute nothing to themselves, but acknowledge that everything flowed from God. Secondly, that they might learn moderation. Thirdly, that they might not think too highly of themselves. For this cause, while he permitted them to fall into many unlooked for evils, he relaxed the vigor of the former law, lest it should become grievous and intolerable. Bede, for he does not train his disciples in the same rule of life, in time of persecution, as in the time of peace. When he sent them to preach, he ordered them to take nothing in the way ordaining in truth that he who preaches the gospel should live by the gospel. But when the crisis of death was at hand, and the whole nation persecuted both the shepherd and the flock, he proposes a law adapted to the time, allowing them to take the necessaries of life until the rage of the persecutors was abated and the time of preaching the gospel had returned. Herein he leaves us also an example that at times when a just reason urges we may intermit without blame somewhat of the strictness of our determination. Augustine, by no inconstancy, then, of him who commands, but by the reason of the dispensation, according to the diversity of times our commandments, counsels, or permissions changed. Ambrose, but he who forbids to strike, why does he order them to buy a sword, unless perchance that there may be a defense prepared? But no necessary retaliation a seeming ability to be revenged without the will hence it follows and he who has not that is a purse let him sell his garment and buy a sword chrysostom what is this he who said if any one strike you on the right cheek turn unto him the other also now arms his disciples with a sword only for if it were fitting to be completely armed Not only must a man possess a sword, but shield and helmet. But even though a thousand had arms of this kind, how could the eleven be prepared for all the attacks and lying in wait of people, tyrants, allies, and nations? And how should they not quake at the mere sight of armed men, who had been brought up near lakes and rivers? We must not then suppose that he ordered them to possess swords, but by the swords he points at the secret attack of the Jews. And hence it follows, For I say unto you, That this that is written Must be accomplished in me. And he was numbered With the transgressors. Theophylact, While they were contending Among themselves, Concerning priority, He saith, It is not a time of dignities, But rather of danger and slaughter. Behold, I even your master Am led to a disgraceful death, To be reckoned with the transgressors. For these things which are prophesied of me have an end, that is, a fulfillment. Wishing then to hint at a violent attack, he made mention of a sword, not altogether revealing it, lest they should be seized with dismay. Nor did he entirely provide that they should not be shaken by these sudden attacks, but that afterwards recovering they might marvel how he gave himself up to the passion, a ransom for the salvation of men. Basil, or the Lord does not bid them carry purse and script and buy a sword, but predicts that it should come to pass that in truth the apostles, forgetful of the time of the passion, of the gifts and law of their Lord, would dare to take up the sword. For often does the scripture make use of the imperative form of speech in the place of prophecy. Still, in many books we do not find let him take or buy, but he will take, he will buy. Act. Or he thereby foretells to them that they would incur hunger and thirst, which he implies by the scrip, and sundry kinds of misery, which he intends by the sword. Cyril, or else when our Lord says, He who hath a purse, let him take it. Likewise a scrip. His discourse he addressed to his disciples, but in reality he regards every individual Jew, as if he says, If any Jew is rich in resources, let him collect them together and fly. But if any one, oppressed with extreme poverty, applies himself to religion, let him also sell his cloak and buy a sword, for the terrible attack of battle shall overtake them, so that nothing shall suffice to resist it. He next lays open the cause of these evils, namely, that he suffered the penalty due to the wicked, being crucified with thieves, and when it shall have come at last to this, the word of dispensation will receive its end. But to the persecutors shall happen all that has been foretold by the prophets. These things then God prophesied concerning what should befall the country of the Jews. But the disciples understood not the depth of his words, thinking that they had need of swords against the coming attack of the traitor. Whence it follows, but they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. Chrysostom. And in truth... If he wished them to use human aid, not a hundred swords would have sufficed. But if he willed not the assistance of man, even two are superfluous. Theophylact, our lord then was unwilling to blame them as not understanding him, but saying it is enough, he dismissed them. As when we are addressing anyone and see that he does not understand what is said, we say, well, let us leave him, lest we trouble him. But some say that our Lord said it is enough ironically, as if he said, since there are two swords, they will amply suffice against so large a multitude as is about to attack us. Bede. or the two swords suffice for a testimony that Jesus suffered voluntarily. The one indeed was to teach the apostles the presumption of their contending for their Lord and his inherent virtue of healing. The other, never taken out of its sheath, To show that they were not even permitted to do all that they could for his defense. Ambrose, or because the law does not forbid to return a blow, perhaps he says to Peter, as he is offering the two swords, it is enough, as though it were lawful until the gospel, in order that there may be in the law the knowledge of justice, in the gospel, perfection of goodness. There is also a spiritual sword that you may sell your patrimony, and buy the word, by which the nakedness of the soul is clothed. There is also a sword of suffering, so that you may strip your body, and with the spoils of your sacrificed flesh, purchase for yourselves the sacred crown of martyrdom. Again it moves, seeing that the disciples put forward two swords. Whether perhaps one is not of the Old Testament, the other of the New, whereby we are armed against the wiles of the devil therefore the lord says it is enough because he wanted nothing who is fortified by the teaching of both testaments end of chapter twenty two verses thirty one through thirty eight